On this week's episode of Ride the Lightning, the Tesla unofficial podcast, one of the owners of the first 25 Model S plaids joins me to talk about his impressions of the car after one week of ownership. Plus, Jay Leno discusses his experience with the plaid, good news for future Tesla and EV owners in a couple of places around the world, and more. What's happening, friends? I'm Ryan McCaffrey, joining you as always alongside the snoozing Daisy the Boxer puppy to my left. First up, happy Father's Day to my fellow dads out there. The official published date of this podcast, maybe you don't hear it on Father's Day, but it is out on June 20th. This is episode 307. So happy Father's Day to all of my fellow dads out there. Now, coming up, a little something special on this week's episode. After the news block, so I'll go through the usual round of Tesla news, as I always do. I've got an interview with Emmett Peppers. He's one of the lucky first Model S Plaid owners. He got to take delivery at the launch event that I was fortunate enough to attend last week. Now, I know I promised that the hotline calls that I didn't do last week because of the Plaid event would come back this week, but I could not pass up the golden opportunity to chat with one of the, as of now, very, very few Plaid owners. There's a lot to ask Emmett about, and I hope you enjoy that interview. I had fun talking to him. So I pinky swear promise that the hotline calls will come back next week. So keep your calls coming. I am hearing them. I am logging them for the next episode. If you want to call in something in the world of Tesla that you want to comment on, you've got a question, give me a call toll-free, 1-888-989-8752, and just leave a message. Or use your smartphone's built-in voice recording app, record your file, and email that to me at teslapodcast at gmail.com. Either way, please try to keep your call to a minute and a half or less. Uh, Real fast, some quick follow-ups from last week. It was very hectic last week. The Plaid event was on late Thursday night. I record on, you know, late Friday night. I had, of course, do my day job and work Friday, so I was getting everything together as best I could, but so a couple of follow-ups here. Number one, the range of the non-Plaid, just the long-range Model S, the new Model S, has been slightly reduced from 412 miles to 405. It's a pretty trivial difference, but I certainly wanted to mention it nevertheless. Also, thank you to loyal listener Kevin Rapf for pointing out that as of now, the Plaid Model X, which of course won't go into production until much later this year, has not seen the matching $10,000 price increase that the Plaid S got. So as of now, as of this recording, it's the same price, $130,000. So if you are thinking about a Plaid X, now might be a good time to go ahead and lock in your order and get that lower price. Save yourself 10 grand if this is something that is on your radar. And one more housekeeping note from last week, Ryan in Austria politely reminded me that I was incorrect about the Plaid Plus being the only time that Tesla has actually gone so far as to take money for something that they never delivered. How could I have possibly forgotten, as Ryan kindly pointed out, the long-range rear-wheel drive Model Y? That's the biggest one of all. That one probably still stings for a lot of you out there 
who were holding out and had a reservation, had an order for that car. So I apologize for missing that big obvious one. And thank you again to Ryan in Austria for correcting me and pointing that out. Okay, let's get on with the news proper. First up this week, the carbon-wrapped motor, the rotor sleeve, I should say, on the Model S Plaid, that is one of the big engineering triumphs on the new car, certainly according to Elon, and everything we've seen from the Plaid S so far seems to back that up. And now Elon is hinting at even further improved rotors and sleeves for the Roadster. He responded to somebody on Twitter about it and said, quote, the plaid carbon wrapped motor is arguably the most advanced motor on earth outside of maybe a lab somewhere. We have to keep some secrets. And that bits in response to wanting the, the person wanting an explanation about what all does it, you know, how is it done? Anyway, Elon continues and says, we have a few ideas for increasing torque and max RPM even further for the new Roadster. Definitely fun and exciting engineering ahead. And a reminder, 20,000 RPM on the Plaid S. So they're looking to push it even further on the Roadster. And and I don't doubt it because after all, uh, Elon had responded to me some time back. I was fortunate enough to get a, a reply from him on this topic. I had said some time ago in response to him talking about the Plaid S, I had said, well, release the Plaid S first, learn from it, and use those learnings to make the Roadster even better. And he replied, exactly. And basically acknowledging that I'm correct on that. So I had said this now, uh, my ne next little prediction here, I did mention this back on my New Year's prediction show, which of course, if you're a newer listener, I like to make predictions about the year to come for Tesla at the very beginning of the year and then score myself the following year, one year later, and see how I do. But I made the prediction that I think the Roadster is going to end up with four motors instead of, instead of the three that the Plaid has in order to get torque vectoring in the front and the rear as well to get just torque vectoring all over the place. And I also think, if I didn't say this on the prediction show, I also think there's a decent chance that the Roadster might get a second gear in order to hit that promised 250 plus mile an hour top speed. Because remember, that's how Tesla presented it at the Roadster unveiling in late 2017. Not 250, 250 plus. Now, if you're curious about a second gear, obviously every Tesla ever that's that's been made to date has uh, ended up being a single speed. Porsche does a two-speed with the Taycan, which helps the, which has helped uh, enhance the excellent performance of the Taycan. And in fact, if you've been a Tesla fan for a really long time, you might remember that the original Tesla Roadster, in fact, did have a second gear in the very, 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 very beginning. But unfortunately, at that point in time, Tesla is a brand new company. They're, you know, first time they'd done anything, any product. They could not keep the gearbox working reliably. And so they ended up getting rid of it and they updated any cars that had a two-speed gearbox, put it back to a single speed. And that's been, again, every Tesla since. Now, you might think, well, if Tesla gave up on a two-speed back then, why would they do it now? And that's a fair question. I mean, maybe they won't. But the Roadster has to, by its 
very mission statement of destroying gas car performance forever. That is its stated purpose for existence, and I'm paraphrasing, but uh, I believe Elon's exact words were something to the effect of making a gas-powered car feel like a steam engine with a side of quiche, if I remember that right from the Roadster unveiling on the back of the semi-truck event. But anyway, the point is the Roadster has to use every trick in the book to try and break every performance record. And I'm quite certain that just because Tesla couldn't get a two-speed gearbox right in 2008 doesn't mean that they still can't do it in 2021 slash 2022. I mean, obviously, technology moves forward. That's not just a Tesla thing. That's an everybody thing. And the fact is, Tesla has a lot more smart people, super smart people, at the company now than they did then. They had, obviously, plenty of smart people that got the Roadster done in the first place and helped get the company off the ground. Now they have even more super smart people. So I figure that could be something that we see to help the Roadster really achieve those top-end speeds. Point is, I am going to be very curious to see just how much further the Roadster is able to push things compared to the Plaid S, because you're talking about a car now, today, a five-seat sedan that is just doing incredible things. It's, it has broken Motor Trend. If you want to read their report on it this week, it did break their quarter-mile record for a production car. So it uh, beat all the supercars. It's, it, it, did a, it did a very impressive thing. So be following the Roadster closely now that the Plaid S has really set the bar for where the records, the new record is. Now, speaking of plaid, uh, I know I already played you the clip very recently of Jay Leno calling into that car enthusiast podcast to verify his record-setting quarter-mile run, but I wanted to play another clip, a clip, a newer clip. Here he is on The News with Shepard Smith on CNBC talking in more detail about his drag strip experience with the plaid Model S. Take a listen to Jay Leno. Few have been allowed to drive that car, but Jay Leno has for CNBC's Jay Leno's Garage. He tried to break the quarter-mile land speed record for production cars. All right, Jay, this is Franz. You're ready to go. Launch. Here he goes. Nine two four seven. Wow. Wow. I wonder if that broke a record. Jay's with us from his garage. That's fast. Was it a winner? It was a winner. I mean, it is now the fastest production car you can buy. Faster than any Ferrari, faster than any $3.5 million Bugatti. Uh, You know, it's pretty amazing. You know the most amazing part was? That drag strip was in near Bakersfield in an agricultural area. So there's farming all around. There were birds sitting on the Christmas tree. That's the light that comes down. When I stepped on the accelerator and took off and I came back down after going 152, the birds were still there. I mean, you go to any drag strip and it's just horrible noises, tires smoke, but just the fact that you could go that fast, that swiftly, that quickly, you know, it's pretty amazing. I, I'm, a, I'm a huge fan of American technology and especially products that developed here in America using locally sourced stuff. And that's why I love this car. $130,000 is a tremendous amount of money, but to get the same performance... From from internal combustion engine, you probably have to spend, in the case of Bugatti, two and a half million or Ferrari, close to a million. So 
it, it's pretty amazing. Yeah. You, you Plus, were with- I had the air conditioner on. <laughs> <laughs> you were into Tesla from jump. Uh, I, I'm, I'm curious what it feels like in that car with the yoke. I mean, do you feel the power? Do you get the same rush or no? Well, it's different. You know, I have a lot of steam automobiles from the last century, and steam gives you that same initial. See, internal combustion engines need transmission to transmit power because the transmission multiplies the power. Uh, An internal combustion engine doesn't make its power until it's really moving very quickly. You see, electricity, like steam, is right now. So electric cars don't need a transmission. So the minute you step on the accelerator, boom, you're gone. You see, with a car, you've got a... That first gear will give you the initial pull, but that runs out quickly, so you shift to second, shift to third, because it's all done automatically yeah. now. But you still need a transmission. You don't need any of that with an electric vehicle. So that, that's what I find fascinating. I mean, steam ran everything from 1800 to 1911. From 1911 to now, it's internal combustion. And from now into the near future, it's probably going to be electric or some form of electric hybrid. Think there's going to be a long line for these? Well, I think so. I mean, it takes a while for people to come around, but they come around more quickly. I mean, it took 75 years to every American to get a telephone in their house, (laughs) but it only took five years for everybody to get a computer and a cell phone. So uh, people trust technology a little bit more, plus the fact that you have virtually no maintenance with an electric car, and also the fact that now, like the new Tesla, you get... Even with the base model, you get 400 miles approximately. So that's more than the fill-up in most cars. So uh, that problem seems to be taken care of as well. I hear you. We'll be watching for season six of Jay Leno's Garage, premiering this fall on CNBC. Thanks, Jay. I'll tell you, I love hearing Jay talk about Tesla because he has such a deep well of knowledge and a wide-ranging perspective on all cars, not just Teslas like me. That's me. I'm like super narrow casting here. Or, you know, it's not just Teslas, not just EVs or any other just little sliver of the car world. Like, again, you sit down with me, I can tell you everything about Teslas and everything about DeLoreans, but not much else. Jay might be the world's foremost car guy without any qualifying adjectives needed in front of that term. And really, there's no further evidence needed of that fact than than how Jay brought up steam engines in giving context for Tesla and the electric vehicle, and and he made perfect sense doing so. And Jay also, as as you could hear there, is a self-admitted homer for American automotive ingenuity. And he recognizes that Tesla is the best example of that in actual decades. I don't think that's a fanboy thing to say. I think that's a pretty reasonable, fairly objective thing to say, not subjective. But anyway, uh, I wonder if Jay will be ordering a plaid to replace the existing Model S that he has and has said, I think in previous clips that I've played you on this podcast, that he drives pretty regularly out of you know all his cars. I think his, his S is one of his more frequently used around town kind of daily driver cars. You know, it would be cool to get Jay on this podcast someday just to talk Tesla. Just again, I just got done saying he's a he knows about all cars, but it'd be fun to talk to Jay about just Tesla and his experience. If anybody out there knows Jay or his people, drop me an email. I'd love to hear from you. He would be a fun conversation on this podcast. Anyway, I'll add that to my my RTL bucket list here. 
Next up this week, here is a phone call. I guess we're going to do one call this week because it's got news in it. Uh, listener Eric from Vermont called in and shares some good Tesla-related news in his state. So for those of you in Vermont and those of you not in Vermont will still want to hear this anyway because it's an update on the ever the ever ongoing march to try and legalize Tesla in all 50 states. Here's Eric from Vermont. Hi, Ryan. This is Eric from Vermont. We had a local victory for EV owners with the passing of Bill S-47. This means that uh, Tesla and other non-franchise car companies can have a service center in the state. Currently, the closest one is about three hours away. Uh, I'd also like to share my thoughts on the Tesla vision. I do think this is the best and fastest way to train Tesla's AI. Uh, radar was good for measuring distances, but similar to LiDAR, it's just a crutch to vision predicting distances, much like our eyes do pretty well. Uh, and in snowstorms, uh, you know, my experience is that the bumper gets caked with snow and the faulty radar readings knocks out auto steering and basic traffic wear cruise control. I'm hoping even though the ultrasonic sensors are still caked in the snow, uh, we could get some some basic functions back uh, for those long winter drives. Um, and then also with fog, you um, there was a study by MIT that showed uh, they could get the cameras to see about 50% further in or, or deeper into the fog than humans could. Uh, and that's not... Uh, complete substitute for radar, but um, the other thought is uh, vehicle-to-vehicle communication. Back in 1999, part of the radio spectrum was set aside for V2V, and it would be great to see Tesla be a leader in this area. I could see uh, the car sending actionable signals based on direction and speed that would be more useful than radar and hopefully prevent a 50-car pileup. Uh, possibilities for V2V seem endless to me. Um, you got truck platooning, safety of vehicles needing to get by, uh, traffic merging seamlessly. Uh, so anyways, we'll see what happens. Thanks again for, uh, as always, for a great podcast. Eric, thank you for letting me and the audience know about this. And congratulations to my Vermont listeners. That's definitely some good news. Glad to see Tesla and then any future startup EV company that might come along win a victory there in the Green Mountain State. Again, I say this all the time. Every time one of these comes up, it's state by state, state by state. It's just a it's a fight on a state by state basis. So thanks again, Eric. Now, speaking of listener supplied Tesla news, here's some more good news from longtime listener and Ride the Lightning Patreon supporter Jeremy Harris, who writes in and says, It's been a long time coming, but at last, New Zealand is jumping on board with the rest of the developed world and introducing EV incentives. Unfortunately, the only Tesla that will qualify here is the Model 3 Standard Range Plus, which is going to be sold locally at $69,990 New Zealand dollars, as every other Tesla's base price is above the New Zealand $80,000 maximum threshold. Interestingly, there's an incentive for used EVs too, probably because many of our cheaper cars are imported secondhand from Japan. 
Anyway, it's good for Tesla and most EV importers, and I thought you might be interested. I do like that subject, uh, excuse me, I do like that subject to legislation passing from next year, the rebate will be funded by charging a levy on the most polluting SUVs and gas-guzzling four-wheel drive cars. So thank you very much for that, Jeremy. That is indeed good news. And you know, this seems similar, at least on paper, to Canada's incentive in that, specifically kind of the cap, that the standard range plus Model 3 barely qualifies and nothing else in Tesla's lineup does. But still, for those for whom the standard range plus is in the budget, it's that's exactly who, in my opinion, we should be helping to incentivize. So I am all for this. I am absolutely all for this. And it's not like you're getting a bare bones car that's not very good if you are getting a standard range plus. It's not like you're settling for, oh, just the standard range plus Model 3. Because as I've said a number of times on this podcast, I think that the standard range plus 3 has become over time, as it's it's been upgraded bit by bit here, an incredibly good value. Uh, now, especially at this point, now that the range is over 260 miles on that car, and on top of that, it has virtually the same interior, the same, it's got the same all-glass roof, most of the same software features as the long range Model 3 does. So it's a good value. Really happy to see New Zealand do this. Thank you, Jeremy, for passing that along. And to New Zealand itself, I say good on you. I salute you. That is fantastic news. And what else? Uh, I guess the last item this week in the news is for those of you who may be frustrated with Bluetooth pairings getting fought over by your car and the stuff in your house... This little Twitter update from Elon might make you happy. Someone on Twitter asked Elon, can we please make it so phones only connect to Bluetooth when it's detected inside the car? Big issue everyone has where we pull into the driveway and it connects to an active call inside the house. And Elon replied saying, true, we somewhat overcompensated on Bluetooth antenna capability, ha ha. We'll work on tur- turning it down near your destination, end quote. Well, I, I really can't. I can see how this would absolutely be annoying for people whose garages are directly adjacent to their living space, which is a whole lot of houses are like that. So I'm glad to hear that it's now on the software team's radar. All right, that's all I've got for you in terms of Tesla news, but as promised at the top of the show, stay tuned next for the Emmett Peppers interview. I hope you enjoy it. I am very pleased to be joined by Emmett Peppers this week. He is the founder of Good Soil Investment Management. You can follow him on Twitter at his name, Emmett Peppers. And he was also lucky enough to be one of the first 25 Model S Plaid owners. He took delivery at the launch event last week. Emmett, welcome. Thanks, Ryan. I've uh, listened to your podcast from the beginning, actually. I haven't heard every episode, but I've heard most of your early episodes. And then from here and there, I still catch an episode. Uh, You do a great job and pleasure to have you as part of the community. I appreciate that. Thank you so much. Well, uh, I appreciate having you because, you know, last week I was lucky enough to be at the plaid delivery event with you. Obviously, you had a much better reason for being there than I did. Uh, but I love getting to experience the car and really get in and sit in some of those demo cars and poke around the 
the UI and the interior. So I kind of want to establish a baseline real quick. So what Tesla are you coming from having now going into the plaid? I'm coming from the Model Y. I traded that in, but this is actually my seventh Tesla, believe it or not. I've been trading them in. <laughs> my wife is on her second one and, and this is my fifth one. Yeah. Uh, so I've had the Model S uh, previously. Um, and and so so I had the Model 3 then and then the Model Y. Now the, I just traded that in for the this Plaid version. All right. So you got a good breadth of experience across the family here. So this is good. You, have, you can speak from a, a good well of experience on this. Now, I'm curious... You know, 25 people is what what got chosen for that that first night. So when did you place your order out of curiosity? Um, I don't recall exactly when. I think it would have been in like soon after he announced it, but, but sometime in the first quarter of this year. I don't okay. remember exactly when, but, uh, you know, it wasn't like the, it wasn't immediately after. Like when, he, when I went to the Cybertruck event, I placed it like within minutes of him announcing the Cybertruck, you know, yeah. at the event, you know, but. And same with the Model Three, and 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 uh, but the Plaid, I, I took a little bit of time, so I wasn't like placing the order like within seconds of him. I think because I live locally in the North Bay, and right. maybe they have some internal brownie points calculator of who their uh, <laughs> most loyal customers are. Since I'm two, you know, seven vehicles in and two uh, solar roofs and six <laughs> power walls in, you know, yeah, that definitely I would think would <laughs> would win some brownie points as far as yeah. who gets chosen for for uh, that first night. Now, maybe. Um, yeah. When did you find out that you would be taking delivery that night? Uh, the Sunday before that, yeah. Um, I got a phone call um, from, you know, a, a, I don't even think it's a, a delivery Tesla, advisor, like a, maybe. Yeah, it was a delivery advisor from an un, a phone I hadn't recognized, and it was a, a delivery advisor. And he gave me the good news. Hey, you've been picked to be one of the early delivery recipients on the, and been invited to come pick it up Thursday night at the event would you like to do that? And I was like, of course. Yeah. I was like, yeah. I'm going to clear my calendar and do it, you know? And so, uh, he gave me the instructions and, you know, I already had worked out the paperwork online to trade in my model. Y. I knew I was going to get delivery probably sometime this month, if not next month, but I didn't know it'd be that soon. So it was, it was really good news. Well, that's, that is a, you know, of your, the seven Teslas that you've had, that's probably going to be, that'll stand out as maybe the most memorable of your delivery experiences. Then you got to be part of that first night. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yep. Now, did you do a test ride that night? I went five times because, you know, that was my (laughs) only chance or I'm curious. So did you, did you go and take a test ride or did you just wait and drive your own car home and go launch it in the parking lot? Yeah, I should have. Looking back, I wish I did the test ride on like the racetrack there, you know, with the yeah. with, with the other driver. But uh, when I, you know, w- when they let us go to our cars and talk to our own personal like Tesla advisor, who was like showing us the car, who happened to be the chief information officer of all of Tesla, was the guy who was giving me my car. It was really nice, oh, cool. you know, to have some senior management member like walk me through it a little bit um, and talk to him. Um, yeah, so I decided my friend and I, you know, we'd been there for a while and we, instead of waiting in line where I said, well, let's just get going and, and test drive this thing on the way home, you know? And, and so that's what we did. And, and, uh, yeah, it was pretty, uh, nerve wracking that first time putting my foot on the, on the pedal, <laughs> you know, you have this enormous power at, at your, at your toes there. Yeah. If you, if you, if I spaz out and like, you know, you know, have like a muscle uh, <laughs> knee jerk reaction of some sort that I don't want then uh, we could just be going instantly in 60 miles an hour at any given time. So it was kind of nerve wracking that first launch, getting ready for that, you know. 
So uh, help me just put one thing to bed. I think this seems like it's clarifying now, but but you can help me with this. The uh, I was surprised when I walked into the event and started looking at the the demo cars around that were sitting around the staging area that they all had a a plaid logo, not the word plaid badge on the back, like what which is what shows on the design studio, but the actual you know like the t shirt, the space balls, mm-hmm. you know rectangular mm-hmm. plaid. Is that what's on your car? Yeah, on the back. Instead of where it says like P85 or 100D, there's yeah. like a, a little rectangular graphic of the plaid uh, imaging. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Because it, it seems like that's an exclusive thing for that night because there have been photos on Reddit of other plaids being trucked around to delivery centers and they just have the the letters P-L-A-I-D on there. So now- I've wow. seen a lot of mixed reactions to that, to that plaid like badge. It. Do you like it or are you going to take oh, it I off? What's- no, I love it. Especially if I'm only, if, if that's true. I've heard that rumor that too, that it could be just those 25 cars. And, yeah. And uh, you know, if, if that's the case, if I can keep it in good condition, maybe one day it'll be a collector's item. Yeah. I think it's pretty cool. I would want it on mine. I don't know. I, I think yeah. it's, it's pretty unique because everybody's going to look at it and go, what? <laughs> what yeah. the heck is that? Yeah. And I kind of yeah. like that personally. Yeah. But, yeah. It's pretty um, neat. Now, you have had the car for a week. I want to talk to you about that. But part of your week, you took it to the drag strip. Now, yes. <laughs> I, please walk me through that experience. Now, I, I followed some of uh, you know a few of your posts on Twitter about that. But uh, this is not your ordinary drag strip run because, as I'd like you to explain to the audience, there are rules at the drag strip that the Plaid Model S instantly shatters. So I, yes. <laughs> if you could talk about your, your, your drag strip experience the other day, I would love that. Sure. It was incredible. So first of all, like driving, I've never, it's Sonoma Raceway, uh, just north of San Francisco. And I'd go in there once with my oldest son to like watch a race car event. It was kind of cool, but I'd never participated or anything like that. And Wednesday nights, they have this like drag, right? Drag race night where people can bring their cars and drag race them. And so I was driving up there and didn't really know what to expect. And, uh, just pulling into the, to the gates, there was a guy in front of me who recognized me and the plant because I guess he watches another uh, YouTube channel, Dave Lee, who I'm sure you. Oh yeah, I know Dave. I was on his show. Yeah. He's a great guy. You're on a show. Yeah. And I guess the day before I had uh, given a, rundown of the plaid and my on dave's youtube channel and said that i was going to the stone raceway and so this guy had been a watcher and he recognized me he's like emmett peppers and he, <laughs> he, he's like a long time goer of the snow raceway and he was so friendly and showed me the ropes and explained everything to me you know without him it would have been very uh much harder to like understand i had another guy going with me that's actually a professional racer that had gone to that raceway a few times and yeah. knew the ropes too though um so, yeah, when we got there, I had to learn the rules and the regulations. And basically, if you try to do a quarter mile, if you do a quarter mile in under 10 seconds, uh, you have to have a license or and like a parachute and like a roll cage in the car, all these right. regulations. And, and and if you don't, you're breaking the rules and you get kicked out. Uh, but I had made good friends with sort of like one of the managers there, uh, you know, and through this gentleman and his group of friends that were longtime goers of these drag races every Wednesday night there. And uh, they basically told me like, hey, if you go under 10 seconds, I can give you a warning and then you get to – and then if you do it a second time, we have to kick you out. He's like, that's the best we can do legally. And I was like, okay, yeah. that sounds good. So I can get two really good runs in maybe. And so, yeah, we went up to the – you know, to, to, you get like a number of practice runs ahead of time, right? So the the first couple practice runs, I put it in the chill mode. You're, you're familiar with the chill mode? <laughs> yeah. And how's, how's chill in the plaid? <laughs> 
<laughs> it's still it's still kind of fast. It goes to <laughs> you know, I guess maxes out at ninety miles per hour, and uh, you know, or something. I, I did use the the app to try to limit the speed to ninety right. you know, as high as it could go, and I was trying to make it go to like one hundred and twenty max, but I guess. They, they make it 90 miles an hour as the max on the on the app, but it also puts you in a chill mode. So yeah, it's still it's like a regular car in the chill mode. I think I did the quarter mile in 15 seconds or something with the chill mode, which you know isn't terrible. That's, that's right. Okay. Everybody's kind of laughing at you in the stands. They have no <laughs> idea. <laughs> yeah, they didn't know I'm just like practicing it, you know. Because <laughs> yeah, the first time down, you have to like pull off a certain way and like come back and you know I just wanted to know what I was doing the first yeah. couple runs, and then the third practice run, I was like, okay, I'm gonna put it in the. Uh, the uh the sport mode or whatever you know the, you know not not the uh plaid mode yet though you know there's a plaid mode and then there's a drag strip mode okay so the, yeah. the, the, the third practice run, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna i said i'm gonna put in the in the plaid mode but not the drag strip mode you know and um and so i i went down the the, the i the light turned green the tree goes down you, yep. you slam on the pedal and I realized it'd be close to 10 seconds with that. So I, you know, once I got up to like 120 or 130 miles an hour, I was like, <laughs> I, I let go of the accelerator and the regenerative brakes kick in and the announcer is watching it. They're like, Oh, he tapped on the brakes even to get over 10 <laughs> seconds. <laughs> so it was, it was funny. There's some, some audio clips of, uh, the announcers and such on, on my Twitter feed that I, I retweeted and stuff. It's pretty funny. So, so then when you're okay, now tell me about the, the, the real, real run. runs and before, yeah. you know the, the warning and then and then the you got to go home now Emmett you've gone too yeah. fast yeah so the real the first real run was the last practice run of the night before the competition run started so I was going against a pretty competitive car you know you have to put like your time on your window of what you uh, expect you're gonna hit and yeah. um, I put ten point oh one. Because if you put put under 10 seconds, they wouldn't let me go in there, right? Right, right. So, so, and the other guy had 10.95 as his expected, like the best time he could possibly do. And anything under like 12 seconds, like really good. Like our friend brought his like Porsche 911 Carrera, which is tuned. And he was doing like 11, between 11 and 12. And that's pretty fast. Yeah, my Model 3 performance, I I went once and had a great time. I'd never done it before either. Went once and and the the P3D runs 11.8, just like... Like yeah. clockwork. So, and that's yeah, fast. And that's fast. Yeah. 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 So like a nice Porsche will go between 11 and 12 or, you know, if it's souped up even, you know, so the guy next to me, you know, he had like turbos in his car and, you know, his car was gutted. It was like a professional drag racer, you know, there's, right. you know, like that's, that's his hobby or his passion. Right. And so he's like an old Corvette or something like that. And uh, so he, because he's 10.95 and I'm 10.01, he's got like a full second head start basically when the Christmas tree lights up, you know? <laughs> yeah. So we're next to each other and uh, he's his go. And I have to like set my um, my foot on the pedal, you know, the, the with the plaid mode. The launch you know, mode, have, yeah. Yeah, to have it light up at the right time to try to time it with the Christmas tree at the, too. So it's a little more tricky to get that timing right, but I think I, I got the hang of it. So his light goes off. He zooms out real fast. He's got like a, and then a, a second later, I go and I slam on the, on the uh, pedal, and it just goes. And I'm like, he he gets to an early lead because he had a one second, and sure. I catch up to him by the end and barely pass him. And he actually beat his record too. He got like ten point eight five, and I got nine point nice. seven one. And so I barely beat him at the finish line. But because he got lower than his, he would have been like DK'd out too. But because I went below mine in ten point oh one. Mine was worse, so he got to stay. That was actually the first competition run now that I think okay. about it. And um, I got kicked out, but the, the managers there were like, yeah, you can do one time trial too. So then the next run was the next real run. I got to do a time trial. They kind of 
let you mix that in with the competition. So that's your, that's when you can just let it go. That's when I let it go on that one too. Yeah. And uh, on that one, I happened to be racing against a couple of my other friends who showed up in their Volvo, and that clip sort of went most viral. I they took, saw that. <laughs> they took a video, <clears throat> and I went head-to-head with them, and I let them get like a four- or five-second head start because I really, I really wanted to time the drag, stri- <laughs> the, the drag strip mode. Like you put both pedals down, and you wait right. for the, the light to light up in the, the front. Car- yeah, the front, you- ends, the front end lowers down right into the yeah, cheetah stance. Yeah, it goes like a cheetah stance, yeah. And so they got like a four-second head start. <laughs> And then I just let go of the brake and, you know, you have both pedals pressed down at the same time and then you let go of the brake and it just zips, you know? Yeah. So I let go of the brake and it just zipped off and I caught up to them pretty quick and just zoomed by them. And uh, that was a 10.01, I think. Uh, so it wasn't as fast Nailed as it. the time before that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that was that was awesome. Um, but the fastest time was the time before that, the 9.71. But yeah, these are the the, the wheels that it came with, the arachnid wheels, 21 inch. I, I hear there's some other wheels that might be a little faster. Yeah, I guess the, the the set that they'll have to get to actually enable the full 200 mile an hour top speed will be a, a package for yeah. later. But um, yeah, and I got I got up to but the trap speed at the end of both those was like 149 and 147 miles per hour. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's fun. Cool. that's got to be fun, right? I mean, just going that fun. fast in a, in a controlled, safe, relatively safe environment. Yes, it was it was much more fun doing that than trying to test it out on the highway or yeah. back road. You know. On the highway or back road, entrance ramp to a highway, I go to like 60 or 70. I don't want to go any faster. And um, on this, I got to zip it up to 160 miles an hour by the time I put my brakes on, you know. But, uh, you know, at the end of the quarter mile, they trapped it at 149. Now, the car, I mean, the car can do like 9.2. You're going to go back again and just try and... (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And just try and get as, you know, get that number down as far as you can before they throw you out. I would like to. Yeah, I would like to try to get. And they said you can come back again. Yeah, they said I can come back another Wednesday night and the same thing. They were really nice about it. You know, they just have to follow their, their yeah. regulations and laws, you know, for their insurance purposes. But um, yeah, they said I can come back another Wednesday night. Same thing. I can practice it and I can get two tries probably under 10 seconds. And and uh, yeah, one guy even let me borrow his jacket because if you get under, uh, you know, um, 10 and a half seconds, then you have to wear like a jacket or something right, like fire that. Fire safety. Yeah. So I I didn't have one. So we found a guy that let me borrow it. You know, there's a group of people that bring their Teslas up there and people that don't drive Teslas that really like, like them too. So the people up there were super nice. I'm glad to hear it. Now, the big question that's got the entire community, you know where I'm going with this. Now that you've had the car for a week, see, everybody's got an opinion on the steering yoke. I mean, I do. And my opinion is it definitely seems weird, but I'm, I'm open-minded to it. I am not going to pass judgment until not only could I try it, but live with it. Now, that's mm-hmm. one of the reasons I was really happy that you were gracious enough to accept this invitation to come on the podcast, because you are one of the few people that has had a chance to live with it. You told me before mm-hmm. we started recording that you've, you're a little over 400 miles on the car. You've had mm-hmm. the car for a week, so you've driven it. You've taken it to the drag strip. You've driven it around town. You've, you've lived yep. with it now for a week. How do you feel about the steering yoke? Oh man, it's kind of, in the very beginning, the first night, it was strange. It made me extra nervous driving this powerful car and the blinkers on, there's buttons on the blinkers. But after a few days, I got used to the blinkers and the yoke became really like, it just became part of my body or my arms. Like it was so much more, yeah, like you start developing new ways to turn the the wheel is even more efficient than the big steering wheel, you know, like, so my wife has a Model X and I had to run an errand 
for, you know, in her car the other day. And I put my hands on the big steering wheel. I was like, this thing's like antiquated to me now. Like, <laughs> I don't want to use this thing. It's like going from an electric car back to a gas car or something. Right. It's like, once you get used to the yoke, like you don't want to go back. Like you just, you like, I love it. Like I, I can rest my elbows the entire time and like manipulate that little rectangular thing any way I want. And especially with the autopilot um, capability Tesla has, it's just much more comfortable with that flat, the flat bottom to easily rest your hand. If you're like on the highway versus the steering wheel, you have, you, it's, it's not as uncomfortable to rest your hand on the bottom part of the yeah. steering wheel to keep the autopilot engaged, for example. But the, just, you just naturally develop new maneuvers with your hands to manipulate that kind of rectangular yoke when you're steering. It, it just becomes more efficient for sure for me, but it, it was probably day three or day four where I felt like I like it. And by day seven, which is like the last couple of days, I'm like, I love it. You know, it's way better. I'm so glad to hear that. I mean, I was reading Motor Trends coverage this week, and and they they did a separate piece about the yoke. They also took it to the drag strip, and and yeah. they ultimately came to the conclusion they thought the yoke was a gimmick. They were not a big big fans of it. They said it's it's pretty awkward in you know parking close you know shopping center kind of situations. But at the same point, and I'm, I don't discount their opinion. Obviously, they're professionals. Yeah. They've been driving cars for decades. But I feel like they, you know, they probably had a day or two at most with the car. That's why I wanted sure. to hear from you. You're so you're, you're kind of is it is it? Uh, can it. you kind of yeah. equate it to anything? Like like maybe the, the closest analog I can come up with in my head is when everybody not not everybody a, a number of people kind of freaked out about the Model Three when it was unveiled, not having an instrument cluster, not having a display mm-hmm. in front of the driver, just mm-hmm. having that center screen. And mm-hmm. then in my experience, you know, I, I, I've had my Model 3 for three years. I think in a day, I felt yeah. it was like my eyes just go to the right yeah. slightly instead of down slightly below. And I don't yeah. and I don't think I don't really see anybody complain about about yeah. the uh, lack of an instrument cluster in the three anymore. Is, is that a reasonable comparison, do you think? Very reasonable. Or like the Model 3 door handles, people are like, oh, that's weird. But once you get used to it, second nature, you just stick your thumb, it pulls right out. Or like the Model X, the doors, when those first came out, half the people were like, that's weird. I don't want that. <laughs> but they turn out to be so functional, like especially if you have kids and if you're parked in tight spots, you know, they work seamlessly. I mean, I think Tesla's just not, and Elon just not afraid to innovate in ways that everyone else would be afraid to innovate. And he's they're better off for it because, you know, people initially don't like change, but if you try it out for a few days, yeah. you know, you, your mind sleeps at night and you get used to your muscle memory or, you know, the neuromuscular, you know, whatever it is every day I wake up and I, I'm more used to it and I can manipulate it. And I just feel second nature. It's, it's way better than the steering wheel now. I'm really, really happy to hear that. I mean, I, I would imagine if I try to look into Elon's brain as best I can, I imagine the choice was made a, because Elon would definitely say, it's cool. I think he yeah. definitely did it in part because it's cool. And he probably loved Knight Rider like we all did when we were kids. Yeah. <laughs> but two, you know, he has said, yes, you can see that new instrument cluster better in the model in the new Model S. So you've got a little mm-hmm. better visibility That's there. Uh, but then three, I would also and I feel like he hasn't talked about this, but I feel like this is almost uh, an an automatic byproduct is, you know, you've you've driven the car around and at high speed at the drag strip. It's it also serves to keep your hands at nine and three in a car that has a thousand horsepower. Yes. If you're driving fast, you keep your hands at the safest point versus, you know, another big steering wheel. Who knows where your hands are going to be if you're driving fast? Yeah. 
So, all right, before I let you go, uh, how I want to hear about your thoughts uh, on the new seats as well as the mm-hmm. new UI. So let's start with the seats because you've had, sounds like all the Teslas in your household. Yes. So how do you feel about the uh, this new revision of the Model S seats? Yeah, the seats are one of the two biggest uh, unexpected surprises for me. Yeah, um, the, the seats, um, the the cooling. You know, it's really hot in the Bay Area right now. Maybe yeah. you know, it, it gets like yesterday. We got up to 100 degrees where I live in the North Bay, and and uh, these cooling seats, the cooling aspect of these seats. You know, it's it just it's like a spa. Like you sit down, it's like a cooling blanket, and it's just like cooled off immediately. Like gone are the days where I have to worry about sitting in a hot car, you know, like, yeah, it's just, it feels good in the heat and they're so comfortable to these seats. I mean, they're always the, the, the model, the, the Tesla seats have been pretty comfortable for a while now, a few generations now I'd say, but these are a little bit more comfortable than any seat I've sat in before of the Teslas, but the cooling aspect and the heat is amazing. I haven't tested out the heating aspect. I'm sure that's great too. Um, but it hasn't been cold to try it out yet. And then um, the other big, big unexpected surprise is how quiet it is. Like my friend and I, when we got to the car and, and closed all the doors, like at the event, it was so loud. You remember like there's music oh, yeah. blasting. It was just loud. You have to like yell. It's almost like a club atmosphere. You know? Right. So we got in the car and we closed the doors. That's the first thing we noticed. We looked at each other and we we're like, wow, this is, <laughs> this is like quiet. It's like one of those commercials you hear about. Like, you know, when you see the commercials of the people and in like a jungle out jungle, whatever it is. And like they close the door in silence, you know, it's just a commercial. Never in real life is never that drastic, but this time it was like that in real life. I was like, wow, this is like serious quietness, like compared to outside. So I was really impressed with the, the noise cancellation too. Love hearing that. And then how about the UI as we wind down? Oh yes. There? The UI, the user interface, very responsive. Uh, I guess they have the new chips in there that make it faster. Um, I'm excited to try cyberpunk or other games on there. Um, I saw them playing at the, at the event. It's not available. Some of those games aren't available yet. I assume they will be. Um, but the actual responsiveness of the UI, is just like instant gratification, no matter what you touch, you know, old model S or X or model three or Y, like there's a browser, you press the browser, it takes 10 seconds to load up or two seconds, five seconds. It's not instant. Yeah. And sometimes it doesn't load up. It gets stuck, you know? And this one, it just loads up like, you know, shows the loading window and it might load up in like, but the loading window, it's pretty clear, like it's working and it loads up within a second or two, but everything else, even like going to rear, you know, with the backup camera, instead of taking one or two seconds to pull up, it's instant. Everything's instant, like instant gratification, no matter what you touch on that UI. So the sound quality is so impressive too. Uh, yeah. I mean, I'm very, very impressed. It's, uh, it's really, I had very high expectations um, and they, they've met my expectations for sure. And I guess the the last big thing on the car that's also been a point of discussion in the community over the past week, well, and really before that, is the smart shift. So how have you found, mm. A, like getting used to that, just getting in, putting your foot on the, the, the brake yeah. to turn the car on then, and then going and, and you know, is it, is it uh, frustrating? Is it useful? Like, is it kind of a, a, a much ado about nothing? How do you feel about the smart shift thus far? Uh, it's, I would say it's in between so far, the verdict is still out for me if right now. Okay. It's in between useful and much to do about nothing. I mean, you just swipe up and down with your finger on the screen, you know, like you get, instead of a stalk and it's very easy to right. do that. But if I step on, on the brake, it knows I want to back out or knows I want to go forward. And that's great. But when you back out of a, a parking, like my driveway, then I got to switch it to 
you know, go forward again. And I still have to use the screen to go forward. It'd be cool okay. if it went an extra step further and knew like after I backed a step on the brake that automatically switched to go forward. That'd be cool, you know, but uh, it doesn't, doesn't do that to my knowledge yet, but uh, I, I'm still learning it and adjusting to it. So it sounds like at worst, it's just a, it's a swipe gesture replacement for grabbing a stalk. Yeah. At worst, it's still the same <laughs> thing. It's not, it's not an improvement or, or a drawback in any way, shape or form. Yeah. It's, it's just, a, it's, you know, you just don't have stalks. You just swipe on the screen right there to go forward or backward. Yeah. Well, you're, so you're saying it's, it's exceeded your high expectations. Are there, are there, you know, just being realistic, are there any regrets or hey, not regrets, but like things you wanted to see or were hoping to see in the car that aren't there? Um, no, I mean, I think it's everything I envisioned. Uh, I really want this full self-driving, uh, to come to fruition. So I, I was hoping that all of the plaids would automatically like be ready for that, but that's still a few weeks or, or a month away perhaps. But, yeah. uh, yeah, I'm excited for, for the full self-driving to just really use that and try it out. Well, Emmett Peppers, congratulations on your new model S plaid, drive Thank it you. safely, drive it in good health. And thanks so much for coming on. Yeah, thanks for having me. Happy to do it. Well, I had a lot of fun talking to Emmett about the Plaid Model S because it's just it's such a unique beast. It's the first proper interior redesign ever in the S. And obviously the performance is is next level. So Really appreciate him taking the time. I hope everybody enjoyed that interview. And hopefully I didn't miss any obvious questions there, but he was very generous with his time. Now, as for what's going on with my car, well, not much. It's getting dusty. It's getting dirty. I don't quite have time for a wash uh, right now. It's We just came off of E3, the virtual edition, though it, though it may have been. It's the video game industry's big annual trade show, big annual conference, and I had to do a lot of uh, looking into the camera from my from my home office and hosting live things. It's which is great. Don't get me wrong. Uh, I have a blast doing it. And E3 is it's always fun to see what big new games get shown off and what have you. But yeah, I'll have to give my car some uh, some cleaning attention here sooner rather than later. But uh, uh, anyway, an entertainment recommenda- recommendation. I don't think I've given one of these recently. There's a new show just popped up on Netflix. I started giving it a try and instantly fell in love with it. It's called Fresh, Fried, and Crispy. It is a travel food show hosted by a guy named Dame Drops. And he is just endless enthusiasm and positivity. And uh, he's just like, he's funny. He just loves what he's doing. And man, it is, uh, and he goes to just different towns, different cities, trying all of their unique fresh uh, fried foods. So that's like sort of what it zeroes in on. The first episode is St. Louis, which I have not, I've never had the pleasure of, of going to St. Louis so far in my life. And apparently toasted ravioli is a thing there. And that sounds amazing. So that's, if I ever get to go to St. Louis, that's definitely something I'm going to look up. But anyway, fresh fried and crispy. If you need a new show, that's, that's, uh, you know, you can watch before bed. There's no drama. It's just fun. Check that out. All right. Pro tip of the week time. AJ from Vancouver, British Columbia has this one. Go ahead, AJ. How's it going? This is AJ calling from near Vancouver, BC again. I've got a little tip for your audience and I'm sorry if you guys already know about this one. 
and the tip is to take advantage of the driver's profiles. For example, I like to drive around in chill mode all the time, but every now and then when I see someone pull up next to me on a traffic stop, and you can just tell that they're going to race you, I have a setting called bring it on. Under that, I have my acceleration set to maximum, driver's seat upright, and my steering wheel setting set to sport. And yeah, with just one click, I'm ready to go. I don't have to dig through a bunch of menus. And the second one I have is called winter. Under that setting, I have my region set to low and my autofold mirrors turned off. The third one is called road trip. Under that setting, I have my driver's seat set a little bit further back, which is more comfortable for longer drives. Hope you guys find it useful and talk to you later, Ryan. Bye-bye. Take care. AJ, hello. These are all great. Thank you so much for sharing. I know at some point someone else called in with a, uh, a nap profile, if I remember correctly, for having the seat recline all the way back at supercharger stops where you want to get a, uh, you know, a quick 15 minute power nap in there. So I'll add that to yours. Thank you so much. And again, I invite anybody out there that has a pro tip of the week, something interesting about the car that's not obvious, that's not in the owner's manual, maybe that uh, just a little shortcut, little tip that would be useful to your fellow owners and enthusiasts. Give me a call, call in with it, and I might feature you on an upcoming episode. And you can call in with that the same way that you call in on the regular Ride the Lightning hotline, which I gave you the call-in instructions for earlier in the podcast. All right, let me just mention a few friends of the podcast as well as the Patreon backers uh, here before I go. First up, the Snap Plate. Don't forget about the Snap Plate for the 3, for the Y, for the X, and now the Model S as well. You can get yours at everyamp.com slash RTL. And reminder there, it is the front license plate bracket that snaps on and off in seconds. It will snap on securely, by the way. It's not flimsy or anything. It can't just be removed by anyone. You do need a tool that comes with it. But it's paint safe. It's grill safe. It's radiator safe. It's autopilot safe. It's a nice, clean, minimal design. And best of all, it's not an automotive adhesive tape that sticks to the front of your bumper, which is how the default one that Tesla gives you works on uh, certainly on the three and the Y. Uh, I think I'm not sure about the one for the X and then the the S actually comes with the with it on there and you have to go remove it yourself. But I think it's I don't think that one's taped on. But the point is everyamp.com slash RTL, just a cleaner way to go for a front license plate if indeed you want or by law need to get one of those. Meanwhile, abstractocean.com, the Costco of Tesla accessories. So I'm on the site now, I've clicked on Model Y here. Let me just see, they've always got something interesting. They've got a cool carbon fiber dash wrap for the three and the Y, if you don't wanna change that, the, if you have the white interior with the just the white ceramic piece, you can put a nice carbon fiber wrap over that, really uh, plus that up a little bit. So that's in there. They've got, of course, the footwell lighting kits, the brighter LED lighting kits. They're still selling. They've got the puddle lights, which, you know, when you open the door, the light that shines down onto the ground to give you a little bit of light as you're getting in or out of the car at night, you can easily swap that out. Minimal tools required. Uh, anybody can do it. And they've got, uh, the one I'm looking at right now is the SpaceX logo, just that the X, the swooping X, which is super cool. So you can grab that. It comes in a pair for both of your front doors or both of your back doors, I guess, if you wanted to go that way. Uh, just all kinds of stuff. Uh, the There's a noise reduction kit for the Model Y as well, which could be of use to you. 
all kinds of things. The center console, wrap kit, et cetera, et cetera. I'm not gonna go through all of it, but anyway, abstractocean.com. And the point here, besides going to the website itself, is to use the coupon code RTLPODCAST to get 15% off of your first order. Again, that's RTL Podcast, all one word. So R-T-L-P-O-D-C-A-S-T. Don't miss out there. Immaculate Reflections, their website's irdetailing.com. You're gonna wanna get in touch with Jeff sooner rather than later if you are looking for some either paint correction some ceramic coating, some paint protection film. Maybe you are one of the lucky new uh, first batch of Model S Plaid owners. Well, that is a beautiful vehicle. You're gonna wanna protect the paint, maybe clean it up if uh, catch any little, you know, little swirls or anything that might still be in there coming out of the factory. IRDetailing.com if you are in the San Francisco Bay Area or going to be in the San Francisco Bay Area. I cannot recommend Jeff enough. I've said this before. I mean, I'm, my, my car is a rolling advertisement for the benefits of paint protection film. I have had to, it has saved me several times from having to either have paint damage or have to have paint damage repaired with non-OEM, non-original, you know, I'd have had to have probably half the car repainted at this point because, you know, you got to blend if you, if you do paint, all that stuff. I'm a big fan of paint protection film, but you can also, if you just want a nice, you know, nice uh, ceramic coating on there so you don't have to wax it, you can do that as well. Mention to Jeff when you are contacting him at irdetailing.com that you're a Ride the Lightning listener and there is a nice little discount waiting for you. How about puretesla.com slash RTL, your one-stop shop for your dash cam and sentry mode needs. 128 gigabyte kit is just $49, free shipping anywhere in the United States, Reasonable shipping anywhere in the world. Comes pre-formatted, ready to go. You just take it straight into the package, plug it right into your car. Boom, you're done. You now have a dash cam. You now have a sentry mode. You've got a little extra built-in security to your car. And it is micro SD based, so it's going to last and last and last. I, again, I'm not just a spokesperson. I'm also a client. I can personally vouch for puretesla.com slash RTL. And then Jada, their lineup grows. They now have the USB hub console, which is kind of all in one. It's the storage organizer, USB hub, Apple watch charger, and AirPod charger. They've got everything. Uh, the, their other new product, the Jada tray, which I have to say thank you to Jada. They just sent me a Jada tray. So I put that in. There's It's no tools. It just goes... It, it nests into your center console and ends up kind of bisecting it uh, horizontally. So you've still got room at the bottom underneath for stuff and there's a pass-through. And then there's still room on top, but it just plugs into one of the USB ports and then you can, uh, it's got an, uh, an Apple Watch charger, which I tested out as cool. And then uh, you can also put your, your Pixel Buds on there in the case to wirelessly charge those or your Apple AirPods. Pretty cool. I think that's a it's a pretty good product. Nice, nice, clean, just well put together product. But again, first and foremost, I am a number one fan of their wireless charging pad. So if you've got a, I guess twenty, well, anything up to the twenty twenty ones, I guess. If you've got a Model Three that has uh, that does not, I should say, have a built in wireless cell phone charger, you really want to get the Jada wireless charging pad. Uh, it's you, you just buy it once, it drops right in again, no tools, and it you, then you can wirelessly charge your phones 
forever. You know, you've just bought, you buy it once for the, for the life of the car. And I've got a coupon code for that, RTL. Simple as that, RTL. And you put that code in via my referral link, if you wouldn't mind. So this is how you get to the site. It's getjada.com slash R-E-F slash eight. That is my referral link. If you would be so kind as to use that. And then if you, you do me that favor, I'll do you that favor of the RTL coupon code that'll get you a nice discount. Uh, so check out their whole line of products there. And finally, the Patreon, which you can find at patreon.com slash Tesla podcast. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N. That is the primary way through which you can support my efforts on this podcast. As I hope, like last week makes evident, hopefully this week with the interview, I do put a lot of time and thought and energy and enthusiasm and research uh, and hopefully professionalism, that's my goal too. A lot goes into this podcast and the way that uh, it is supported by you guys is through Patreon. It is, of course, optional. It's always going to be a free podcast, but if you have it in your heart to support me on Patreon, it would mean a lot. So you can learn more at that link, patreon.com slash Tesla podcast. The uh, support tiers start at just five bucks a month. And that even that will get you early access to the episode each week. Because again, I record late Friday night. So you get it when you wake up on Saturday, you get it a day early. The support tiers and the bonuses all stack and go up from there. Uh, there are also annual options. If you just want to pay once and go, you know what, Ryan, I just want to throw you throw you some support for the, and be good for the year and not have a monthly payment. You can do that too. And in exchange, you'll get a 5% discount versus doing the monthly, uh, the monthly support there. So would appreciate it if you would check that out. That will about do it. Most of you listen via podcast format, any of the major podcast services you can find me. So Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, Spotify, those last two being directly in your Tesla. You can natively access this podcast through your Tesla. Uh, I'm also on YouTube, just in audio-only form. There's no video, but if you just like to listen to stuff, you have YouTube open all day, you can find me on there. Just search on YouTube, Ride the Lightning Tesla, and you'll find my channel there. You can subscribe to it nice and easy. And with that, let me say a hello and a thank you to all of the wonderful upper-tier supporters of the Patreon, starting uh, with the Roadster and Space tier I want to thank the newest Roadster in Space backer, Jackson Wallace, who upgraded from Maximum Plaid. Uh, Jackson, you are incredibly kind and generous. Thank you so much for that. Along with uh, saying thank you to the rest of the Roadster in Space crew, Pete White, Lyle Austin, Steve Radspinner, my friend on Twitter, at Rodam, Fernando Cordero, Lawton from Chicago, Sean Neidig, Scooter Ward, and Neil Weaver. Meanwhile, the Maximum Plaid crew, the newest one there, Alex Brem, Alex Thank you so much. We exchanged notes this week. You are very kind. I appreciate your support. Along with that of the rest of the Maximum Plaid crew, Jonathan Wales, Cameron Clark, Daniel Grummer, Seth Capello, Nick and Tony, Tesla Hitchhiker 42, John Schmidt, Stan Roth, Howard Anthony Smith, Charles Galpin, Ryan from Las Vegas, Darren Nickel, Kaz Barnes, Ulrich Lassa, Brett Libano, Patrick Wisniewski, Gil Cabrera, Hay Watley, Eric Brown, Mark Eversole, Todd Badger, Joe Edgel, Kevin Yank, the Tesla Owners Club of San Joaquin Valley, Michael Williams, MT, Will Stedman, Tyler Smith, Mait Suaru, Derek Nesselrote, Justin Perez, 
Jeremy Harris, as mentioned previously in the show, Chris Beach, and Tom Mills. And then finally, the Plaid Crew. Thank you so much to George Cassiopo, David Brander, Alexi Heft, Logan Willis, Robert Maracle, Jason Chalukas, Tim Hyde, Peter Chalet, Eric Randolph, David Nondahl, Jerry and Mary Smith, Joel Sapp, Dory and Steve Guberman, Jeremy, the Tesla Owners Club of Taiwan, Ron Lee, John Cody, Charlie Gillespie, David Perella, Sunil Joseph, Dennis Peake, Stig Mickey Jensen, Jeff Angwin, Chase Cabanillas, The Lydia Family, Michael Regal, Aaron Altschul, Jared Brown, Jerome Strack, Jamie Dalton, Noel and Lucy Murphy, The Tesla Owners Club of the East Bay here in the San Francisco area, Paul Casarino, Ryan Natchett, Mike and Barbara from Louisville, David J. Howes, Travis Krenzel, Matt Nixon, The Tesla Owners Club of Wisconsin, Jonathan Zelezny, Joshua Walker, and Rick Dean. Thanks to all of you for your very kind and generous Patreon support. And with that, I once again say farewell, and more importantly, happy electric motoring for a sleeping, very (laughs) snoring Daisy the Boxer. I'm Ryan McCaffrey. This was Ride the Lightning, episode 307. I will be back, of course, same time, same place, next week. I mean, I think a Tesla is the most fun thing you could possibly buy ever. That's what it's meant to be. Our goal is to make... It's, it's not exactly a car. It's actually a thing to maximize enjoyment. It's maximum fun. Hi, Ryan. This is Aaron and Sean from Baltimore, Maryland. First time callers, long time listeners. We are proud owners of a Model 3. We love it. We want to give a shout out to all the dads for Father's Day, especially our dad, Michael. We love you so much, Dad. Thank you for all you do and your hard work. Love the podcast. Hope Daisy's doing well. Bye.